This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 24th of October. In your Squiz today... Western leaders push for aid in Gaza, parental leave is in the spotlight, a boost for frequent flyers, and there's nothing funny about love. This is your Squiz today. A group of Western leaders has urged Israel to protect civilian lives as the airstrikes ramp up on the northern end of the Gaza Strip. It's called the Quint Group, and it's made up of leaders from the US, Canada, France, Italy, Germany and the UK. They virtually met yesterday, and afterwards they said they support Israel's right to defend itself, but they want it to follow international humanitarian laws. And those calls have come at the same time that the US has asked Israel to delay its plans for a ground invasion on Gaza. It says that it needs more time to negotiate the release of the 212 hostages. Uh, They were taken by the Hamas terrorist group. Hamas has claimed that it would release an another couple of hostages, but Israel refused to accept them. That's something that Israeli authorities say is propaganda. And the United States Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is one who is hopeful that more people could be released. He's also questioned whether Hamas are being honest about their handling of the hostages. And Claire, the other thing the Quint is pushing for is more humanitarian support for Gazans. We mentioned yesterday that the first convoy of trucks carrying critical supplies got into Gaza over the weekend, and the UN has used that aid to give a sense of how much more help Gaza needs. Yeah, so what they're saying is that the 20 trucks that was carrying food, water and medical supplies, that first shipment that went in, that it represents less than 5% of what was entering Gaza daily before the war broke. So that's just to give you a bit of a sense about the need there. And outside of Gaza, international leaders are also scrambling to try and de-escalate the situation as a whole. Uh, Of course, what they say is when it comes to Israel and its Arab neighbours, there are growing tensions, particularly in the north with Lebanon's militant group Hezbollah. Lots of concerns about that relationship, but also with Syria and Iran. The United States is concerned about a bigger, broader, a war being sparked in the Middle East and they've sent extra defence support there to support Israel. The US Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin has spoken up on that. He says what they're seeing is a prospect of a significant escalation of attacks on our troops and our people. And the Quint leaders also spoke about those concerns. They say they'll continue their diplomatic efforts to prevent the conflict from spreading, preserve stability in the Middle East and work towards a political solution and durable peace. PM Anthony Albanese touched down in Washington yesterday and overnight he had the first of his meetings with the US President Joe Biden. And a big focus of this visit is the AUKUS deal. What Albanese says is that he's going to be pushing to keep security in the Indo-Pacific region a priority for America. That's a pretty tough ask given Russia's war on Ukraine and also what's happening in the Middle East. But Albanese says that the visit is about building an alliance for the future 
future. And he says that he'll be urging the United States to continue what they've done, which is to step up in the region. Albanese is also set to meet Biden's cabinet members, and he'll also spend some time with the vice president, Kamala Harris, and Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. And there's a state dinner at the White House on Thursday morning, our time, before he heads home. So stay tuned for more from that visit. Claire, a task force commissioned by the Albanese government yesterday called for parents to get 52 weeks of parental leave at their full salary. Yeah, this comes from the Women's Economic Equality Task Force. It was a task force that was set up by the incoming Albanese government to have a look at these sorts of things. And yesterday, that's what they've come back with. Currently, families earning up to $350,000 a year can get 20 weeks paid parental leave at the minimum wage rate. But the task force says that that puts a burden on women and it sets them up for reduced income and reduced opportunities down the track. So it's given some examples to illustrate that. The report says that a 25-year-old woman with one child will earn $2 million less in her lifetime than a man. The other big number that it mentioned is the total cost of women not fully participating in the economy. It costs us $128 billion a year. And alongside those stats, the task force says that it found a third of men don't believe there's gender inequality in Oz. A message now from our podcast partner, Sunbeam. With so many unhealthy snacks on offer, it can be hard to find something to keep your kids satisfied and happy. Sunbeam's dried fruit and cheese chilled snacks contain only real fruit and real cheese with no artificial colours or flavours. And they're a great source of calcium. It's a snack you can feel good about giving them while you're on the go. Pick up a pack today in the dairy fridge at your local Woolworths, Coles or independent retailer. The Qantas Frequent Flyer Program is a massive loyalty program and Aussies have been known to go to great lengths to rack up the points. But there are regular complaints about how hard it is to use those points to secure a flight. So yesterday, the airline had an announcement on that, Claire. Alice, I don't think we need to go through blow by blow all the recent lowlights for Qantas. <laughs> Suffice to say that the airline's really been in trouble with the government, with the regulators, with staff and also with customers and also frequent flyer members. So what they're going to do is release 6,000 extra reward seats They've opened them up in economy and business class and they're on flights to London and Rome during the northern summer next year. Uh, those were very popular routes this year, so they're making that a bit more accessible for the next year. And there's also going to be a sale where you can use points and also cash to secure a seat on any flight in any class. And to your point about those summer flights next year, Claire, Qantas's new boss, Vanessa Hudson, said they've listened to feedback and will create more opportunities for frequent flyers to use their points at times they most want to travel. Conventional wisdom states that when it comes to the dating game, a good sense of humour is the top attribute people are looking for in a potential mate. 
But new research from Queensland Uni says that claim isn't true. And I can't wait to hear how they worked it out, Claire. Yeah, you've got to wonder about some of these research projects, (laughs) don't you, and wonder how they came to those conclusions. But what these researchers said they did was they analysed more than 40 hours of dates between 800 couples. That must have been very natural. (laughs) Um, And that they noted down any signs of humour. What they found is that for both men and women, there was no correlation between funniness and perceived attractiveness. And they actually said that those who tried too hard to be funny reduce their chances of getting a second date. I particularly liked that they tracked the chuckles and chortles in those dates, Claire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very natural. (laughs) The finding does contradict previous studies as well as people's own stated preferences, though. It reminds me of another study that found women liked funny men and men liked women who laughed at their jokes. (laughs) But if it's true, it is tough out there, Claire. So tough on the (laughs) dating scene, that's for sure. Claire, you've been very busy podcasting lately and you have another podcast dropping this afternoon. Keen listeners will remember our mini-series, How Far We've Come, which we released back in May. That was all about our path to financial freedom. And when I say our, I mean Aussie women. Yeah, that was a great series. It was really good success for us. And Alice, you actually voiced that <laughs> one. So I'm stealing your thunder here. Um, what it was, was really sort of interesting and succinct information. And its aim is to help you better understand why things are the way they are. So it's a long way of saying that we're back for season two. And it's thanks to our partner, NGS Super. This time around, it's all about education. So a bit of the history of things, uh, where we're at at the moment when it comes to things like school, vocational education, university, that kind of thing. The first episode drops this Arvo and every Tuesday for the next six weeks, in fact. Today's episode, though, looks at how education became compulsory. And spoiler alert, Claire, the state of Victoria is responsible for that one. Yeah, they're a world leader in that. So lots of things to learn. Kate is going to join me to talk through those things and more. It's a really quick listen and you'll be just that little bit more informed when it comes to things around education. And it's something that comes up in the news all the time and it really does affect all of us. And that's us done today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week, where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although Mm. they do leak (laughs) a a fair amount of it. And there is a famous time when when, um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers the day before the budget and was able to print. such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, (laughs) But the other thing is... A lot of what the Treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, um, direct impact on on businesses and and other organisations. So, you know, there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handled in an appropriate, appropriate way. 
For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.